Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, Aphorism for July 27. Meet anger when possible with silence, respect, and goodwill. Don't let anyone's anger shake you from that inner resolve. Peace is the way to avoid all emotional whirlpools. Only by first being inwardly peaceful can your influence for good spread and bring peace to all. Now, I really want to say something which is really important here. Swamiji is giving advice to people who are already basically psychologically healthy. And that's an important thing to understand. Um, spiritual, spiritual development is directional. And before we can transcend the ego, we have to have a fairly healthy functioning ego. And nowadays, just because of what the world we're living in, I have seen people um, try to assume a spiritual attitude of transcendence when they're actually trying to avoid having to deal with traumas, disappointments, pains, sufferings, difficult things that have happened to them in their lives. You, you cannot skip any necessary stage if you are afraid of some aspect of your own nature, then you have to overcome the fear of it before you can transcend it. And I've watched over many years, people will come in and they'll just, they'll have so many unresolved issues and suddenly they hear about the spiritual path and then they can just be peaceful, you know. And I've seen, well, I, I don't worry about it because it doesn't work. <laughs> It's just as simple as that. And you can try it for a long time, and then sooner or later something will happen. Sometimes it's quite dramatic when it happens, and sometimes it's just a sudden realization that the house I've been building has no foundation. And so one has to back up and and begin to understand who I am. See, what I'm really talking about is self-knowledge. And and so I'm, I'm kind of trying to balance this a little because I don't want people to misuse this so what Swami's talking about when he says meet anger when possible with silence, it's when a person is perfectly capable of choosing their response. We're not being compelled by fear or inability or intimidation, lack of proper boundaries, an, an, a lack of self-worth, a lack of understanding of what's appropriate at all. When I was 18, no, I would have been older, maybe I was 20 by that point, 19 or 20, let me think this through. No, I was 19. I was 19. I, I went to New York City uh, with friends for the summer, to spend the summer in New York. I was just beginning. I was one year into my learning about self-realization. I was three years away from meeting Swami Kriyananda, but I was uh, still, I began to understand that self-realization was the goal of life, that it was possible to transcend all limiting conditions and to be able to be truly free in the divine spirit. Um, and I had a, basically a very 
accommodating personality, more so perhaps than I have now. But at that time I was very accommodating. But I was accommodating because I had an intense fear of conflict. Um, I was raised in a very fine household, but we were in our household we didn't emote all that much. So if anybody really expressed a real angry feeling or something like that, as far as I was concerned, it was pretty close to the end of the world. It just like, it, I, I didn't feel like the household was repressed exactly. It just wasn't the way we related. We were more intellectual than emotional. So I just wasn't used to the fact that people could express themselves so freely. So I got to New York City, and now I'm beginning to understand spiritual, the spiritual path a little bit. I got to New York City, having been in California for many years prior to that. And just say simply, California and New York are not the same. <laughs> it's, they're, they're, they're in the same country, but they're kind of like, they have different cultures, very different cultures. And people in New York are quite aggressive compared to Californians especially. I was living somewhere right in the middle of New York and there was just a lot of noise around me. People were pushing and people were just, I don't know, they just were more aggressive. I remember watching the man who was selling me fruit push on the scale a little bit so that the fruit would be heavier than it was so that I would have to pay him a little more. And I just didn't have the nerve to, you know, to point out to him that he was doing it. I just was... You know, too, like, I couldn't face the conflict. You'd be standing in the grocery line, because that's where my big experiences were. I was in the grocery line, and I'd be in line, and somebody would just cut in front of me. And I would think, well, it's all right with me. But, I, you know, the idea of saying, what are you doing? But I gradually began to realize when I was introspecting that I wasn't actually a harmonious, kind person. I was a terrified person. And fear is not the same as freedom. It's just as simple as that. So I realized I had to, I had to gain mastery. I had to, I had to conquer my fear of conflict, is what was required, because if 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 the behavior is harmonious but the cause is fear, it, I mean, it, it, being nice is not one of the eight manifestations of God. We have to be free. So New York City was absolutely the most perfect place to learn the lessons on the level that I had to learn them. Because what would be unspeakably rude in San Francisco was just ordinary life in uh, New York. I could say to the fruit seller, hey, are you leaning on the scale? And the guy would say, oh, yeah, excuse me, sorry about that. You know, and I, somebody could cut in line and I would say, madam, my place, I want it. And, you know, just sure, 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 if you're in such a hurry, you know, it's like, who cared? And so I just kind of got to practice like that until... <laughs> I began to enjoy it. <laughs> and then I realized, no, actually, I don't really want to be aggressive as a person. But suddenly I had access to that part of myself and I was no longer afraid of it. You see the difference? That's what we're talking about. We can speak as strongly as is necessary or we can choose not to. Or we can say, I have anger within me, but I choose not to release it because it's not wholesome for me to release it. But not it's not a matter of, oh, no, no, I have to be quiet. One is, one is moving toward freedom, and one is being absolutely bound by one's fears. This was very interesting because it came out many years later, perhaps not many, maybe five or six years later. I was working on a project. We were, highly, we were under a great deal of pressure. It was actually, we were 
publishing the first edition of The Path. I was living at Ananda by that point. One of my very dear friends and companions in the project um, was a woman who grew up very differently than I. She grew up with three with two sisters, and everybody in the house, including the father, the sole male in the house, they were all very, very emotional. She said it was it was extremely rare when dinner didn't end with at least one of them, you know, getting up from the dinner table, racing out of the room and slamming the door behind them. It was just like, that was just the way life was. It was perfectly normal. She had access to anger, and she had no problem being loud and whatever she was. She was the Californian, but she must have had New York psalm scars somewhere in there. But in any case, we were all under a lot of pressure, and we were working in, at that time, what was the publications building. Now it's Hansa Temple, and there it's actually, let's see, there's just two layers, two, two floors in that, but it has an open stairwell in the middle. And this woman, wonderful friend, was under a lot of pressure, and... I was in charge of the project. It was complicated. She was up at the top. I think she was up at the top. And she was looking down at me, and I was down at the bottom of the stairwell. And we were right in the middle of the whole office. And we start a conversation, which was probably a mistake in the first place, but we start a conversation. She's not in a good mood. She's beginning to feel really pressured. She begins to just escalate, and it quickly goes from a conversation into an argument about some obscure detail of what we were doing. And I'm looking at her, and it occurs to me, she needs to to yell at somebody. She just needs to yell at somebody, because that's how she functions. So she escalated, I escalated, she escalated, I escalated. Pretty soon, you know, we're just pretty much screaming at each other. She got it out of her system. She de-escalates, I (laughs) de-escalated. We just sort of went down to normal. And, and then everything was just fine. And I thought to myself later, wow, look at you. You, were just, you just were able to do it. It meant nothing to me. You know, I wasn't angry, but that's what she needed from me at that point. And interestingly, I just realized how much more useful we are to God if we can choose our responses and we're not compelled by our own limitations. You see, that's what Swami Kriyananda was. He could choose his response. So now, back to here. Meet anger when possible, he says, with silence, respect, and goodwill. Choose your response. I, in, in the aphorism from the day before, in this July sequence, you know, I was talking about, Swami was talking about just because people hate you doesn't mean you have to hate them. Just because somebody's angry at you doesn't mean you have to be angry at them. It's just, Why? It's not going to help anything. It's just going to escalate the situation. Now, with my friend in that particular situation, I knew she wasn't angry. She was just crabby. You know, she was just crabby and needed to vent. No, it wasn't the most mature way to handle it, but I could help her by letting her run it through me because it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't meet anger with silence, but I met anger with respect and goodwill. So that's above all what we need to do is to be able to stand outside the vibrations, and choose our response. Now, it may be necessary sometimes to speak frankly, even to speak sternly, if we need to. But we need to always, if we can choose our response, then everything will go much better. And he says, don't let anyone's anger shake you from that inner resolve. Peace is the only way to stay out of these emotional whirlpools. Now, the premise 
of this aphorism is that we would rather keep our inner peace than dive into these emotional whirlpools. That's why I was saying there's a lot of premises here, which is that this is a guidebook for people who are seeking to to move toward God-realization, who recognize that we are pilgrims on a path, and we're not here merely just to live in this constant, ever-changing, ephemeral world. And if your reaction to this is, oh, but without the ups and downs, what would life be worth? Well, experiment and find out. There's a point where the what, what Yogananda calls beautifully and another brilliant wordsmithing, the anguishing monotony of it. Just the anguishing monotony of those emotional whirlpools. Today I'm happy, tomorrow I'm sad, tomorrow I'm sad, the next day I'm happy. I... Uh, I used to have a recurring dream, which I haven't had in many years now, but it was a very interesting... It was, it was not always the same dream, but it was the same scenario. Somehow or another, in the dream, I did something dishonorable. Sometimes it would vary what that dishonorable thing was. But I would do something dishonorable. Immediately, the consequences of my dishonorable deed, whatever it was, would come crashing down on my head. And then I would be in the dream, and I would be thinking, Oh, gosh... I've just ruined my life. I'm just going to have to live with this ruination for... And then I would wake up. Oh, I would be so relieved. <sighs> and I, I, I'm sure it was past lives, memories, specific to the details of each situation. They were, it was never so graphic. But it was dishonorable deeds have catastrophic consequences. And the dishonorable deeds were always carried out, you know, with enthusiasm, I can I can steal this money. I can I can take this spouse away from their spouse. I can have this illicit event. I can you know I can do something that's going to feel so good to me. But in the dream, it would always be there would be that moment of feeling good followed immediately by the disaster that it would create, the anguishing monotony of the whole thing, just up and down and up and down and up and down. And so we long for peace, which is not peace. You know, like peace. Like I'm just too dull to feel anything anymore. Yeah, I feel really peaceful. But you're really not feeling anything at all. The peace that we want is the peace that transcends it. I mean, it's a backward way of looking at it, but it's the waves on the ocean. Do we ride on the top of the ocean or do we sink deeply into the depths? I remember from my little bit of experience of scuba diving, I, I I could never get over the fact that I was underwater. I could never feel like completely secure and safe. So even though it's a magnificent uh, practice to go underwater with the air tank on your back, I, I finally had to give it up because I just could never get over the fact that I was underwater. But, but when you're way underwater and then you come up and you see that surface You're just in a completely other world. And as soon as you come up, that whole world is still going on. It's never gone away, but you've just dropped down deep. And so that's that it's a perfect it was a perfect experience to tell me about this. You drop very deep into the inner stillness of your own being, and then you can watch the waves. You can even pay attention to all the waves. More clearly, you 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 are on the surface and the depth. But your response is from the depths, from the wholeness, not from this little waves moving. So Swamiji says, 
Meet anger when possible with sincere respect and goodwill. Don't let anyone's anger shake you from that inner resolve. Peace is the way to avoid all emotional whirlpools. Only by first being inwardly peaceful can your influence for good spread and bring peace to all. God bless you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.